Yes, good morning, church. Good morning. How was your guys' Thanksgiving? Woo-hoo. I had a really great Thanksgiving. Um, I spent time with my family. Uh, my mom, I went over to my mom's house, and I went over to Tara's parents' house as well. And we had a great time. We played a game. Thank you. We played a game called Speak Out. Have you guys ever heard of this game before? I, some of you guys are laughing because you have heard of it. If you've never heard this game before, it's, uh, it's quite comical. And um, if you've been to the dentist, you know how they always try to open up your mouth really wide? Well, in this game, they have this little thing that opens your mouth up really wide so you can see every part of your gums and your teeth. And then they give you phrases to try to say. And it's not normal phrases. It's like phrases that make no sense. And you have to say them. And the other people, you have a time limit too. And the other people have to try to guess what you're saying. And you, it's impossible to say bees. Like imagine your mouth being wide open and saying like boy, bouncing bubbles or something. And so all you're saying, oh, I, you know, uh-uh. and, and someone's going to have to figure it out. So yeah, we played that at, our, at my mom's house. And we went over to Tara's mom's house. And we got to see family we haven't seen in, a, in, a, in quite some time. So my, my Thanksgiving was really great. And I hope you guys um, had a great Thanksgiving as well. Um, do you guys want to hear about my morning? Sure. I'm glad someone said, sure. Uh, I had a really good morning this morning. Um, uh, in the morning time, I go over to Safeway, and uh, generally before church, I pick up some donuts for our gene team. And uh, I, a couple weeks ago, I went over there, and I was picking up donuts, and I locked my keys in the car. And uh, I had to call someone, uh, a good friend of mine, RJ. He knew someone who worked for AAA, and he came by, and he went in and locked it. Well, today, I went to Safeway to get some donuts. You guys see where I'm going with this? And I locked my keys in the car again. Yes, <clears throat> but I also had today's sermon notes in there, and it's like 8.30, and I'm so sorry to be here, and I was pretty frazzled. I don't know if that's a word anybody says, but today was a really great morning. It, it, it really was. So I just want to let you, I just want to feel you guys what my morning was. So today, guys, we are going to be actually diving into Luke. We're looking at uh, Luke 16. If you guys want to go ahead and pull your Bibles out, um, if you don't have a Bible, there is a Bible underneath the seat. I'd love for you guys to take it. And it's actually Luke 14, verse 16. And before we get into reading it, I'd like to let you know what's going on here. Jesus is, is talking, and he, he tells a parable. Parables, I love parables. Parables are stories, and Jesus tells lots of great stories. And he's like the best storyteller there is. And he speaks so much truth in these stories, and he connects with people. Who doesn't like stories? Even if they're a bad storyteller, People always love hearing a story. Whenever I hear someone said, well, this is what, ha- guess what is going on? I love to just go over and kind of hear what's going on and tell someone tells stories. Jesus told really great stories to connect with people. And so this is where he's at. He's in Luke 14, and he's at uh, someone's house. It's like after church. It's on the Sabbath, and he's over at some Pharisees' houses, the leader, religious leaders, and they're having some discussion and, and some law, uh, people of the law are there as well. And they're having some dialogue, and they're talking, and this is where we're at. So we're in, we're in verse 16, and it says, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At that time, at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. Now, I love this. I love this, because this is really a picture of, um, of the kingdom of God. You know, God has this invitation, and as just like Jesus telling a story, 
about this man inviting people to come to his house. This, this relates to us because Jesus is also inviting us. He has this great meal ready for him. And this guy is giving this invitation, an unreasonable invitation. Well, that's kind of weird. Like, why would it be unreasonable? Why would this invitation be unreasonable? And we're going to dive into this invitation and why it's unreasonable and why God gives this invitation to us that seems unreasonable. And so God, he has this invitation and he invites not just one or two people, he invites everybody. He throws open his doors and he invites everyone, come to my house, come to this meal. I invite everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. And, and he invites us, and he invites us with his grace. And he's been so unreasonable with this invitation. In verse 18, it says, But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I had just bought a field. So he's, he's got this, this field, he's got land, and he's probably working on this land. Maybe he has a house there. He's like, hey, I got, I've got to work on my house. I need things to fix. And he says, I must go and see it. Please excuse me. So he's got something else to do. Verse 19, another said, I have just bought five yoke of ox, and I'm on my way over there to try them out. So he's got essentially a tractor. He's got a bunch of tractors. Anybody driven a tractor before? Ridden a tractor? A few of you guys have. So he's like, I've got, I've got these ox I need to use and, and, and try to figure out how to use maybe. He says, I can't make it. He says, I got five ox. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Verse 20 says, still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. I had a friend just got married, like Wes was saying. He says, so maybe they've got their honeymoon to go to, or maybe they're just moving into a house together, and the wife's like, I need you to put some drapes up. And the guy's like, I can't come to this because I got to put some drapes up. I don't know. So he can't come, he says. 21, it says, the servant came back and reported to this, to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out and quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Verse 22, he says, sir, the servant said, what you ordered has already been done, but there's still room in this house. There's still room. Says there could be a lot more people that can come. 23 says, Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads, go out to the country lanes, and compel them to come, so that my house will be full. This is an unreasonable invitation. First, this master had set invites. But what does he do instead? He says, You know what? I invite everyone and anyone to come. This is the picture of kingdom of heaven right here. And this was kind of hard as Jesus was explaining this and he was telling this story. This was hard for, for the, uh, the Jewish people of the time because they were always thought and seen as the chosen people. God had chosen just them. And as they were in Israel, they were just chosen them. And like through the law, we're, we're, we're the chosen ones. So they had a hard time to grasp this and accept this. But as Jesus, as he came down to earth, in man, but fully God. He changed that, and he says, I open doors not just to chosen few, but to everyone to come. 
The doors are wide open. Have you ever been invited to someone's house who uh, was very like prominent or, or someone that you um, valued really well? Like, uh, um, I'll say a few things here to maybe you guys relate to. Like, I don't know, Bill Gates. Like, maybe Bill Gates and his wife invite you to come over or, or, uh, or Oprah. Um, she's like the wealthiest woman alive. Um, she says, hey, I'm going to have you come on my jet. And uh, on the way here, you're going to get a whole bunch of free stuff, like cars. Some of you guys got that. But she invites you out, or um, I don't know, Taylor Swift or uh, uh, Justin Timberlake. Uh, how about country? Is there a country? Anybody listen to country in here? Yeah, that's what I thought. I don't either. Blake Shelton? Would Blake Shelton invite you? Come? Would you guys not be like stopping and I, whoa, the inv- personal invitation for me to come to, to their house, to come to their party, or come to eat with them, come enjoy the day? That's, whoa. Would you not be like calling people up or Snapchatting the invitation? Look what I got. Yeah, I'm going to cancel everything. It's my birthday. I'm, not, I'm going to this instead. This is my birthday party. I'm not going to my birthday party. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to school. I'm not going to go to work today. I'm going to whatever this is, right? We would cancel things like that. God's got this invitation to heaven. And the reality is people don't accept this invitation isn't that crazy? I, we, would, we would totally change our plans for something else. And the reality is, is there is an invitation, an unreasonable invitation that God gives us and others. What am I doing? What are you doing? That's my wife. I love my wife. She always eases the tension. <laughs> and sometimes we get complacent worth inviting people. And I'm not just speaking, I'm speaking to myself as I was putting this together this week. And I'm, I, I was looking at myself. Generally, people who are up here who speak are generally looking at themselves. They're not ever pointing at anyone else. And I, I've been so complacent. But have we been complacent on inviting people to our church, on giving this invitation to our church, on telling people about Christ, about this unreasonable invitation that God has given us. Because the heart and nature, the character of God is one of inclusion, guys. Thank you. We all have this invitation through Jesus Christ. And we cannot earn this invitation. We cannot buy this invitation. It is only given by God himself. Christ has given this invitation. And all we need to do is accept this invitation. I I came across some statistics. And 82% of unchurched people, if they were simply invited, will come to church. These are people who don't know anything about church, have never been to church before, don't know anything about God, maybe except their people have said, hey, God, oh, my God. 82% of them said that if they have been invited, just simply, hey, you want to come to church with me, they would come. 70% of unchurched people say they have never been invited to church by people. 
as believers, we've got some work to do, don't we? Man, talk about fishing and they throw out those nets. That's a great analogy because there's so many people who don't know Christ. And we come to church not to just be spiritually fed, but also be challenged to make sure that we are aligned with God. And so I have a challenge set out for us. We come to church to be encouraged, but also to be challenged. What if, what if Christmas is coming up? Christmas is only a a couple weeks away, four weeks away or so. What if the challenge that we invite one person every single day until Christmas? I know, I heard a wow. Yeah, wow. Just what if? Luke 14, 16 through 23 talks about an invitation. And I'm going to look at four aspects. The rest part of this message, I'm going to look at four aspects of the unreasonable invitation from the master. In this story, he was the master. The first one is don't base your invitation on what seems reasonable. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. And many times we walk out and it seems unreasonable. You, wait, you want me to, to believe something without even seeing and I, before even, even doing something? You want me to have faith? It seems a little unreasonable, doesn't it? Yeah, faith does seem so unreasonable. The essence of faith seems unreasonable. But we have a moral, as Christians, as believers, we have a moral obligation of telling people of the kingdom of heaven with everyone we can come in contact with. Hear, hear me out. As, as believers in Christ, if we fully believe that Jesus is God, Jesus, the man, came to earth, we believe him as God and also fully man, fully God, and we believe that there's a heaven and then we believe there's a hell, that those are two real places. We don't preach much about it, but Jesus talks a lot about it in the New Testament. If as believers, we believe that is really true, we have a moral obligation of telling everybody about who Christ is. Because there are two places to go, and God wants everybody to go. We need to be able to talk to everybody imaginable at any place, at any time, even when it's inconvenient. Generally, it's inconvenient from my experience. That might mean late nights or getting locked out of your car at Safeway. To let people, just to invite people. Luke 14, 14, 21. The servant came back and reported this to his master. This is, this is still Jesus. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Guys, this is really a picture of us. We are broken. We don't have it all together. I just told you I don't have it all together. And we don't need to figure out how to fix ourselves, and we don't need to tell people, let people think that they have to get themselves fixed and right before they come to church. That's backwards. God says, come how you are. I accept you with his grace. I accept you how you are. And he takes you for where you are. And because he loves you so much, he's not going to leave you where you are. 
and he's going to work on you one step at a time, one change at a time. He begins his process. You know what's really cool about our church is that we are so ready for these people. We had Chris Oakley come to town. Chris has um, a business that looks at and he goes in and helps other businesses and also churches. And he sees and works with the teams to get them to become better, to realize things that are maybe not working so well and focus on things that are working well. He came here a couple weeks ago and he heard Pastor James and he was, he was just here um, just to be with us. And he hadn't been here for a year or so. This is so cool that he, he said that we need to figure out how to let people know in the community around you what's going on in here. He says, worship was great. The, the, the guest service team was so welcoming. The people were welcoming. It, I could not stop thinking about what else I could do in here and what other things I could see in here. Guys, as a church, we are ready for us to invite people to come to hear what Christ can do in their lives. And I thought that was so cool to know. We don't even have to be writing God will bring us stuff because God can do anything. But we are ready. Our church is ready for inviting people. My next point is stay committed to taking action in fresh ways. You never know how God will use a simple invitation. Luke 14, 23, Jesus says, Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads in the country, the country lanes, and compel them to come in. Compel them. If you're like an English major, a lot of times you will, I'm not an English major, by the way, but a lot of times you will look at sentences and you do word diagrams and you pick out action words and then you would study them. Why? I don't know. But you would pick out the word compel and you will realize that is a strong action word. Compel means to earnestly persuade someone to do something. God's saying, I earnestly ask you to go and invite people to give them this unreasonable invitation. So at church, we need to make sure that we are attractable, and we are. We also need to be missional. This is insider and outsider focus. We need to focus on us inside. Pastor James, the last series was about recharging, spiritually recharging us and getting us ready because that is what church is for as well. But it's also missionary to where we look outside of our church to focus on other people. How can we bring other people? How can we make our church acceptable to other people? And so in the next few weeks, we are focusing on Christmas. We're going to focus on how we can make church something outside of church, outside of what people think the church is. We're going to, we, want, we want Christmas to be something that unchurched people want to come to. And so this next four weeks, let's invite people to our church. Dream with me for a minute that we actually did invite one person every single day until Christmas. What if we did that? What 
this place would be full. God's house would be full. You imagine the change in people's lives would happen? You imagine the change in the community, in our city? The change that would happen. Let's even keep that culture going. What if we even kept that going outside of Christmas time? And that is just what our church does, is just invite people to hear. Invite them to say, Christ is alive, Christ can change you. He is the hope. What if we had that? And we are actually be modeling what God is, is doing because God invites us. His invitation doesn't make sense because of what we've done to him, because of the sin that we have done to him. It makes zero sense why God says, I love you anyways, come on in. You stabbed me in the back, I don't care, come on in because I love you. What if we had that attitude? Because we love people like God loves people. My next point is never give up on an idea that the master wants to use your story so that his house might be full. We've all got such great, awesome stories. We've got so many journeys that we've gone through. And so many people who come to this church are living those as well. And if we've done them, we can come alongside them and let them know, this is what Christ has done for me when I was in that. Man. So that my house will be full. Jesus is not just talking about the church. He's talking about heaven as well, house and heaven. Both are synonymous that is why we come to church on Sunday, to tell our life story, to relate to people, to uniquely come next to someone who's going through the same thing. I realize this is harder for some people. And a lot of times we just show up here on Sunday and that's it and we go. We show up here for an hour and we go. And this is what I have to say to people, that you are totally missing the power of church when that's all you do. You miss what the kingdom of God is all about. And that is why we so earnestly talk about life groups. We so earnestly talk about community because we are stronger together. We get to grow together. We get to live together. Unity together changes our community and the world. He wants us to leverage our lives, the things that we're doing for his hope. We are the church not just here, but when we go home, but when we go to work, when we go to school, when we go to the store, we are the church. And we take this invitation with us to people who don't know Christ. And so it's not an either or that you come to church, you get spiritually encouraged and spiritually fed. Or it's not just we go out and just do missionary work or just seeking out the community. It's both. We need to be recharged. We need to come and grow. We also want to make ourselves inviting and invite people so they get to know Christ's love and that they, he loves them. We are better together. Our mission statement on the back wall is we are called to impact our world with the truth and love of Jesus Christ. 
so that our house may be filled, will be full. I have an analogy I wanted to give. Going to like the Cardinal Stadium, have you guys been to um, like a, a game? Even doesn't it have to be at the Cardinal Stadium, but even just to a, a game where people are all together and rally together. Like the stadium isn't much <clears throat> by itself. Like you sit in there by yourself, nothing's really going on, things happening. You see the chairs, you see maybe the metal and everything. But when there's a, a gathering of souls of people together and they're combined and they are rallied against one thing, rallied for the home team, and then they're cheering and they are yelling for, for that team to go. And sometimes you can't even talk to the person next to you because they're screaming so loud and everyone else is screaming so loud. There seems like you can, there's nothing else you can do but win. What if our house was like that? What if Christ's house was like that? That we were all together, rallied behind Christ. Wouldn't that be amazing? Amen. I encourage you and I challenge you. Give out this unreasonable invitation to Christ by just inviting. We're making it easy. We have invite cards for you. They're on the seats. This, just this next four weeks, invite people to come to church just to hear. Guys, stand with me. I would love to pray with you before we leave. And I, there's no way that I cannot talk about inviting people without inviting someone, inviting someone to Christ. With everyone's head bowed and eyes closed. Lord, we thank you and we love you for who you are and what you do for us. Lord, we, we ask that the Holy Spirit would help us with inviting people to church. This whole season is about you. This Christmas season is about you. I also ask and give out this invitation, this unreasonable invitation to people who don't know you're here right now. And if they're wanting to accept you and take this invitation, that they would pray this with me. That Jesus, I love you. And that you died on that cross for me. And that you shed that blood for me to cover my sins. And that you rose again. And that you are my savior. And if you prayed that with every head bowed and eye closed, raise your hand, just stick it up real fast. Lord, we thank you so much. You are so awesome, and we love you. This is such an awesome time, an awesome season. We get to just invite people to come and listen to who you are. Christmas is such a great time. And we don't want anybody to be left behind. And I pray for everybody as they leave today, you guide over them, and you speak with them, and you show them that you love them. In your name we pray. Amen. Guys, I love you. You have a wonderful Sunday. If you have prayed that prayer, I would love to come and meet with you and talk with you. Have a good Sunday, guys.